Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. And uh, God's got uh, a great word for us this morning uh, from Torah portion number 47. Uh, This is in Deuteronomy 11 through Deuteronomy 16. Uh, and the, uh, the message for today is entitled, Do You Have Spiritual Eyes to See? Amen. O- over the past several weeks, we've studied some of the revelation on Shema Israel. Hear, O Israel! God gave you two of these. If you're listening and not watching, I'm uh, pointing to my ears. God gave you two of these and one of these, one mouth, two ears, so that we would listen twice as much as we talked. (laughs) And that's what uh, uh, God is saying in Shema, Israel, Adonai, Eloheinu. Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And uh, we talked about how the expanded definition of the Shema means to hear intelligently. Just because you're Christians doesn't mean you shouldn't use your brain. (laughs) God gave us an intellect. And that's where wisdom and knowledge flows. Not just natural wisdom, but supernatural, godly wisdom wants to flow up and out of you like a river of living water. He wants you to listen up. Pay attention, Israel. Pay attention, Christian. There's things that are going on out there that you need to be able to discern. What's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad, what's ugly. That's called discernment. Uh, And so you pay attention. You incline your ear. uh, And that brings an understanding. That brings a perception. How many of you know uh, in the book of Hosea, the prophet said, God's people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They don't understand enough. They're not learning enough. we're, We're at an elementary level and we need to be in a master's degree program. And so uh, this is uh, uh, what New Beginning stands for. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, the late great rabbi uh, from England, uh, who I love to read. He has a website and lots of essays and articles. He wrote an article on the meaning of the Shema. That's the title of it. And he says, in Judaism, faith is a form of listening. Amen. Listening to God. Uh, Shema Israel does not mean hero Israel. It means something like, listen, O Israel. Concentrate, O Israel. Uh, give the Word of God your most focused attention. Isn't that a a powerful statement? 
Amen. And obviously I'm preaching to the choir. You're here early and you're giving the Word of God uh, extra time to do something special in your lives. That extra credit, extra effort counts. And so uh, strive to understand, the rabbi is saying. Some people don't like that word strive in Christianity. Well, you ought not try to do anything. What? What kind of foolish advice is that? (laughs) You need to get on your high horse, get busy doing, get busy learning, get busy helping, get busy serving, get busy applying the principles of the gospel in every way you can. That's why uh, we say two-thirds of God's name is go. <laughs> Let's get going, folks. Amen. And in this case, uh, Rabbi wrote, engage all your faculties, intellectual and emotional. Gather all of that within yourself and begin to apply it to the things of God, the Word of God. Make His will Your will, Rabbi teaches. Amen. How many of you are doing that this morning? Praise God, praise God, praise God. In in the Strong's Concordance, one of the uh, more common reference books, Shema is found under the entry of the word obey. So when you look up the word obey, uh, the Hebrew word is Shema. So you're listening... But you're also, that listening is not just to be a, a, a hearer only, but it's to be a doer of the Word, not just a hearer of the Word. Isn't that what uh, Pastor James, the first pastor of the New Testament church said? Don't just be a listener, although that's a good start. <laughs> but that listening needs to translate into doing something. Amen. So I think we've got that. Uh, and so that, that leads us into uh, today's Torah study where the Lord is shifting the emphasis today from here, O Israel, to see, O Israel. How many of you know Jesus said uh, we need to have ears to hear and eyes to see? He's not talking about physical, natural. He's talking about supernatural, spiritual eyes to see. And that's where this teaching is going this morning in Deuteronomy 11, verse 26. The very first word of this week's Torah study is see. Your Bible might say, Behold, but it's see. I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you listen to the mitzvot of Adonai, your God, that I am giving you today, and the curse, if you don't listen to the mitzvot of Adonai your God. But turn aside from the way I am ordering you today and follow other gods, small g, that you have not known. Remember Pastor Larry's teaching on Molech. uh, And uh, what was the other? uh, On Baal. 
Molech and Baal, uh, small g gods, and even Jonathan Kahn, when he was here a month or so ago, was talking about this rise, this reappearance, this re-emergence of the spirits of the small g gods that were prevalent in the biblical days, now they're re-emerging today in new forms and new ways, but the intent is still the same, to kill and steal and destroy and get people away from the blessing of God and lead them into a false path with false hope, false religion, false teaching, and that's going to lead to the curse. Why has this thing befallen me? Could it be that you came to the crossroads in an important decision in your life, and instead of going the right way, you went the way that seems right to a man, but the end of it ends up with ouch. Amen. Amen. Help me out, church. So, yeah, the Bible definition of the word see, which I mentioned is a lot of Bible, behold, is to look at. What are you looking at? To inspect. To perceive. To consider. To ponder. To meditate. To have vision. To regard. To learn about. To watch, to look upon, to find out, to give attention to, to discern and distinguish. That's all part of what comes with serving the Lord. And when you look up in your strongs, there's a lot of words that describe that. And they're all important words that we need to take to heart and say, look, this is the Christian journey I'm on. My Christian journey isn't just to uh, hang my hat on John 3.16 and that's as far as I'm getting. (laughs) I got John 3.16, what more do you want me to learn? (laughs) Well, how about the whole Bible? All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for a successful life. So, this list of uh, definitions uh, gives us a fuller understanding of what God wants us to see. Amen? Not physically, but spiritually. You could put it this way. When it comes to blessings and curses, the free will we have been given is to choose our direction in life. We should distinguish, discern, give attention to, observe, learn about, have vision, inspect, and perceive the differences, the benefits, the rewards, the penalties, the consequences that come with my choices. Then we need to learn how to consistently compare what we're wanting to pursue where, are, where is our vision taking us? We need to compare where our vision is taking us through the lens of God's purposes, through the lens of God's will, through the lens of the B-I-B-L-E. Amen? Virtually every decision that I make, that you make, 
um, means that uh, that decision, whenever it was made, has led us to experiencing what we're experiencing in our life today. Our life right now is a product of all those decisions. A lot of little, oh, should I wear black or blue? We're not talking about little, uh, well, what color tie should I wear to church today? We're not talking about that. But we're talking about uh, spiritual priority type decisions. Well, uh, I'm going to spend, take the summer off. Oh, really? (laughs) You're going to take the summer off. So for the next couple months, you're not going to really pursue anything that has to do with the kingdom of God. You're taken off. Yeah, I'm going to go to the lake house and just kick back and just uh, uh, spend some leisure time. Some R&R. Well, we all need some R&R. Nothing wrong with that. But you better not neglect the Word of God because the devil is out there like a roaring lion working 24-7, 365, trying to stop you from achieving all the dreams God's put in your heart. Amen? So our decisions are based on what we're seeing or what we're not seeing, spiritually speaking. If we want more of the blessing, who wants more of the blessing? I want more of the blessing. (laughs) We need to see more clearly, right? Our perception, our knowledge, our understanding, what we're paying attention to, what we're focused on, needs to be more and more based on the principles and guidelines of the Word of God. The the more word level, the more understanding level, the more prosperity and success level. It's the same with curses. Tired of coming up short all the time? A day late and a dollar short. That's our family motto. <laughs> we rebuke that in the name and by the blood. Amen. Look, and we all miss the mark from time to time. A lot of times we blame the devil, but it's just self-inflicted missing the mark. The problem is is that we end up experiencing all these different levels of damaging outcomes. Why is this happening to me? Well, a lot of times it's because we weren't rightly dividing the word or rightly applying the principles. You know, and that that could be discouraging. But to me it's encouraging. Because it helps me understand that in a big way, I'm in control of the outcomes. The more God's Word is active in my life, the more God's Word is applied in my life, the more blessing comes and the more curses diminish. That's why I don't like the, the, the preaching... Uh, even though I, I don't think it's malicious, but the preaching, there's nothing you have to do. What? Are you serious? 
Yeah, if you try to do anything, you're striving. And if you're striving, God doesn't like that. So just sit back and whatever happens, happens. Huh? That's kind of... Uh, missing the point of not being a hearer only, but becoming a doer of the Word. We've got to put this thing into practice. The Gospel is like soap. <laughs> it only works when it's applied. One of our regular prayers, you, me, all of us, the church... One of our regular prayers should always be, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Right? Don't you agree? You don't want to be the last to know. You don't want spiritual blindness so prevalent in your life that you never see it coming. That's what experience and wisdom and knowledge and godly intuition and discernment and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit is supposed to bring to us. The ability to see what's up ahead. I see you, devil. I see what you're trying to plot in my life. No! And then you you get the pathway. You know, it's like going through a landmine with a map. Oh, don't step there. Like going into my backyard if I haven't cleaned up all of my doggies doo-doo. <laughs> Don't you better keep a lookout. Oh no. This is all part of Christian growth, right? We're on a journey. God wants us to mature, grow wiser, be smarter, right? But if we never see beyond our natural vision, we're going to miss a lot of the things God wants to do for us. Amen? Can you see what I'm saying? (laughs) See what I'm saying? Look at 2 Corinthians 4.18. We don't look at the things that can be seen, but we look at the things that can't be seen. Huh? He's talking about just don't live a worldly life just seeing worldly things. There's a way to have vision and eyesight that sees beyond the worldly into the spiritual realm. That's what 2 Corinthians 4.18 is talking about. The apostle says, after all, the things that you can see are here today, gone tomorrow. Fleeting. Everything that uh, glitters isn't gold. Ask the fish that sees the glittering lure. (laughs) He sees the glitter and thinks, oh, there's something. And there's a hook in it. The things that you can't see are everlasting. We're talking about Bible things, spiritual things, godly things, moral things principles and guidelines that are uh, written in the Word of God. That's, Lord, open the eyes of my heart and help me to see and perceive and understand so it leads to more of the blessing and less of the curse. Amen. No matter how dark things get out there, 
And no matter what we're seeing in the natural, all the craziness, all the ungodliness, all of the this and the that, God is able in our lives to work things out supernaturally. He can work what the devil means for evil into something good. But we got a part to play in that. Well, I'm just going to sit here and twiddle my thumbs and let God do it all. If I try to do anything, if I try to pray harder, if I try to study more, if I try to do things to be a blessing, uh, I'm striving and that's uh, negating the grace of God. What? Don't listen to that. You're not earning your salvation You're paving the way for abundant life. We're not talking about eternal life. There's nothing you can do to earn that except, Jesus, forgive me, I was a fool. I made mistakes. Come into my heart. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And put me on the pathway of blessing. And take all these curses out of my life. So our job is to walk in faith. Walk with vision, not by emotion, right? Not by feelings. I'm a Christian with nothing more than feelings. I'm a little feely creature that only responds to my flesh. I was reading this article by a rabbi, Rabbi Schiffman. Don't always believe what you see. You should read that, Rabbi Schiffman. Don't always believe what you see. And in this article, he talks about this funny thing called the invisible gorilla experiment. And uh, in this experiment... Uh, researchers were trying to better understand what in scientific circles is called selective attention. Selective attention. And during the experiment, people sat down and were shown a video. And they were asked to count how many times a basketball was being passed back and forth between six participants all in a circle. Now, about 20 seconds into the experiment, a person dressed up in a gorilla costume visibly walks through the video passes by the people who are there passing the ball around, even bangs on his chest like Megillah Gorilla, and then walks off the, uh, the scene. Then at the end of the video, the researchers came in and asked each participant uh, how many passes they counted. And after they all gave their answer, uh, they were also asked if they saw a Gorilla. And amazingly, shockingly, half the people didn't see the gorilla. What? You didn't see the gorilla? I didn't see it. 
And the point that the rabbi brings out is that often people miss things that are right in front of their eyes. We'll miss what God is doing because we're so focused in the natural. We're so focused on our feelings. We're so focused on, I want, I want, I want. And you just get this thing stirred up and you're just like a little flesh creature. Instead of walking by faith, walking with sight, the sight of God's Word, your attention is fixed on the principles of God and the way that the kingdom works through prayer and through all these different things that we're learning. If we don't get our attention fixed on heavenly things, then it's the gorilla experiment in our lives. We miss what God is doing. Reminds me of the, uh, the story of the hunter. He's out hunting ducks with a, a friend, and he had just gotten this new dog. And uh, he had taken him out previously, and this, this dog was able to walk on water. Worked out real good when the you know the ducks way out in the middle of the lake, so he takes his buddy hunting, thinking, ah, I'm going to surprise him. And so, yep, sure enough, they shoot the ducks, and there goes the doggy, and he runs across the top of the water and fetches the ducks and brings them all back, and the hunter's all happy and proud, and he turns to his buddy, that he, uh, seeing this for the very first time, and he says, well, what do you think? Pretty good dog I got here. Well, I don't know. He can't swim. Miss the miracle! So the whole thing is selective attention. What you're focused on. You get to select. It's your choice. You have free will. You can decide to focus on the promise or focus on the problem. It's up to you. Some people are still flipping a coin on that one. But as for me and my house, look, we're going to live for God. We're going to focus on the things of God. They can shout it on any news channel or on any station they want that this new uh, behavior that's going on out there is perfectly fine and acceptable. And I'm going to say, "Eh -eh." because I'm looking through the lens of, of God's Word, not through the lens of some media mogul who has an agenda to turn us from one nation under God to one nation under fill in the blank. (laughs) So, all of this points to the concept that in our natural state we see what we want to see. And it shows us that it's very possible to exclude things from our vision. And and it shows us that we can be so focused on one thing that we miss another. I'm so focused on Amazon. 
I want Amazon. Buy, buy, spend, spend. What'd you do all day? I was surfing the internet for Amazon. Nothing wrong with shopping on Amazon or whatever, but we can get caught away, swept away in worldly things and miss the bigger things. Amen? This is all true when it comes to living for God and doing His will. We don't have time to get into this teaching, but in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15, 16, and 17... Uh, it describes one of our biggest challenges as believers. It describes the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So these are things that are working against us. And God is saying, if you'll put your trust in me, and you will lean on the understanding that comes from the Word of God, And expand what you learned. You should know this year more than you learned last year. You should not be reading at a second grade level this year. You should be reading at a college level. You should be understanding God's Word more than at a second grade level this year. Unless you just got saved. But most of you here, how many of you have been saved for ten years or more? Okay. So there's wisdom, there's knowledge, there's understanding, there's perception, there's discernment. Amen? And if ten years after, there's all of these major struggles and it's like it's still one step forward and three step back, you need to step on the brakes Say, I ain't going any further until I get this thing straightened out. I am not going to live under the curse. I've been redeemed by the blood. I have blood-bought promises. And by golly, I'm going to figure this out with the Bible, the Holy Ghost, with a pastor, a prayer partner. We are going to get this thing solved once and for all. Spiritual blindness means we don't even realize when we miss the mark. Spiritual blindness means we don't even know how we miss the mark. We don't even know that we don't know. (laughs) There's a lot of people going to church this morning that don't even know that they don't know. Go into Google and type in the Peter Principle. And the Peter Principle explains a lot of that. About being unconsciously incompetent. That's just spiritual blindness. I don't want to be that guy. (laughs) Don't be that guy. I didn't come to Christ uh, uh, way back when because I needed a crutch. I came to Christ because I needed wisdom. (laughs) I came to Christ because I needed spiritual wisdom. I needed spiritual vision. 
I suddenly realized how much the devil had been ripping me off. How much his lifestyle was costing me. And when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I just didn't decide, okay, that, that's the end of my journey. <laughs> what more do you want me to do? I said the stupid prayer. What more do you want me to do? How about surrendering your whole life, Scott? <laughs> How about it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me? Try that one on for size. <laughs> and we're doing that. It's a process. You don't get it all down the first uh, day, the first year. It's, it's a 10, 20 year, 50 year master's degree program. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, Paul told the Corinthian church that was struggling a whole bunch of ways. He said, someone living at the merely human level doesn't accept the things of God's Spirit. Yeah. They are foolishness to such people. God's wisdom is foolishness to people that are living in a natural mindset, in a natural state. It's foolishness to think about how God says to live your life if you only have natural vision, you only see the natural. They can't understand them because they need to be discerned spiritually. This is why we were saying earlier, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. You're wise. I'm not so wise. I need more wisdom, Lord. And when you pray like God says, I'll give you so much wisdom. But it does help to crack a book now and then. <laughs> Proverbs 29.18, this is from the complete Jewish Bible, says, Without a prophetic vision, people throw off restraint. That's not just unbelievers throwing off restraint. That's church folk that don't have a prophetic vision of what God has for their lives, the destiny, the future that God has, all the blessing that is out in front of you, blessing that you could pass down to your children and your children's children. Oh, somebody help me here. If you won't do it for yourself, would you do it for your grandbaby? But that's that pride of life, right? What's the middle letter in the word pride? Yeah, eye disease. Your vision is affected. You need healing from eye uh, problems. You got spiritual cataracts. The Hebrew word for vision. 
means mental and spiritual sight. So there's an intellect involved here. Processing things with intellect through education, spiritually speaking, biblically speaking. It comes from a root word that means to gaze. Right? Sometimes the smartest person in the office is the one gazing at the wall. Not always. <laughs> but you're meditating. You're pondering. You're thinking, Holy Spirit, I just want to take a few minutes and have you speak to me. And show me things to come. I'm going to set this time aside. I need an answer. I need your wisdom. I need your direction on what's going to work, what's not going to work. And you're mentally and spiritually perceiving things. You're beholding. You're looking. You're seeing prophetically. And that scripture I just read ends with, but he who keeps Torah is happy. Meaning, you go back to that, see, I set before you blessing and cursing. He that keeps the Torah is going to be blessed. He that follows the principles of the Bible is going to be blessed. It's guaranteed. It's written in stone. It can't be reversed. It can't be overcome by the devil. The devil can't stop what God wants to do for you and through you. Can't happen. Unless we get into spiritual blindness. Happiness. Joy, fulfillment, blessing comes from seeing God's Word. Seeing God's prophetic vision for my life, for my family, in my career, in my ministry, in my health, in my finances. God, help me to see in all these various areas what is the best thing for my life. And then give me the faith and the courage to walk it out. That's kind of the rubber meets the road side, huh? <laughs> Amen. So four simple things as we close to develop spiritual vision. Look for wisdom in the Word. Look for it. Seek and keep on seeking. Ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Remember the parable in the book of Luke, the lady that kept knocking on the judge's door, and finally the judge says, yeah, you can have it! (laughs) I just want some sleep. But the principle there is to ask, and seek, and knock, and lather, rinse, repeat. (laughs) Amen? Why? Because as it says in Psalm 119.105, the Word is a lamp, a guide to your feet. It's a light to your path. You, can't, you ever been out in the woods when you can't see a thing? It's nice to have a flashlight. <laughs> in these dark days out there in the world, it's nice to have a flashlight, spiritually speaking, a big lantern. When we went to a children's camp, we were children, we ran 25 summer camps for kids. 
25 years worth. And I got smarter each year. <laughs> and finally, I got one of those flashlights, you know, two million lumens! <laughs> Why? Because kids like to sneak out at night, out of their cabin, and I like to find them. <laughs> And a two million watt flashlight finds anything. You ain't hiding from that. Imagine you had a two million watt spiritual vision working in your life, shining the way. It can happen. Number two, ask God for wisdom. We touched on that, right? Proverbs 2 6 says, The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Amen? Number three, keep your spiritual eyes open. In CB talk, you got your ears on, good buddy. (laughs) Right? We need to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is showing us. The Bible said He'll show us things to come. So we're praying that way. We're expecting that. We're Holy Spirit, I'm counting on you by faith to show me how this thing plays out so I make all the right moves. Wherever you're at, whoever you're with, whatever your situation is, God is there to show you the way. And He'll do that many ways, right? A lot of times it comes out of the clear blue. You're praying, believing, you don't hear anything, and then you're driving down, and all of a sudden you see, and boom, all of a sudden it's like the aha. But we also, when we're talking about keeping our spiritual eyes open, we also need to have discernment. Right? Because not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, I've got a word for your life, sister. You're supposed to give me all your money. (laughs) Well, that's an easy one to discern. (laughs) Get behind me, Satan. (laughs) I'm supposed to give you all all my money. 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Do not believe every person. Test the person. Test the spirit to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets are in the world. So, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, we got our, we got our ears on. We got our eyes open. And all of a sudden, some con man, spiritually speaking, is trying, you need to move to Florida with me. I don't have a job, I don't have a bank account, I don't have a credit card. My score is 250. (laughs) But I'm going to take care of you for the rest of my life. Yeah. He's going to take you to the cleaners. (laughs) Yeah, leave you in Florida. As pastors, we always find out after the fact. We, we, never get, should, we never get the question, should I marry this guy? We always get the question, can you do the wedding? Well, you already decided? What do you know about the guy? Well, I just got a good feeling. 
which is number four, and I'll close with this. Talk things over with spiritual people. Right? We're talking about simple ways to develop spiritual vision. Talk things over with spiritual people. Right? Not just people that might agree with you. There's nothing wrong with the power of agreement. But, you know, you're, you're not just trying to get someone to co-sign for your bad behavior. You're smarter than that. You're more mature than that. Proverbs teaches us there's wisdom and vision in a multitude of qualified counselors. It's always a good idea to have two or three others weigh in on your big decisions. Look, I'm thinking about uh, putting $8,000 down on a car and paying $800 a month for 72 months. What do you think? Okay. How much you got in your bank account? Well, I was going to borrow it from my rich uncle. Put the rest on a credit card. I got 22 credit cards. 21 are maxed out, but I got enough to put this on there and get that car, get that truck. Big decision. You might want to bounce that off of someone. Just a thought. And uh, when you do that, then all of a sudden you're stirring up discernment. You're getting a bigger picture. And you're letting the wisdom of God have room to move. The knowledge of God. The perception of God. You allow room to move in your life so you can make a quality decision. Amen? How many of you want a better life? A blessed life? A good life? More blessings and less curses? Well, here's a lesson for you. Amen? Do you receive that this morning? Can you run with some of that?